This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience First-hand, the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados the best place to be a cricket fan. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon to you and welcome to TalkSport 2's weekly look at all the stories from the world of the IPL. The tournament's flying along and we're into week number four. The table's now definitely taking shape and the big hitters are definitely doing that and taking their places at the right end of the table with some scintillating performances. As normal, the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison's been casting his eyes over all the stories and the action and he's alongside myself, Andrew McKenna, once again for the next hour. Over that time, we'll hear from Virat Kohli, Steve Smith and Kevin Peterson. Cheetah Narona will join us to go through all of the stories and we'll focus on another incredible week for the English contingent. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. Has it gone? Has it gone all the way for six? Has it? No, the umpire signals four. He signals four. Come upstairs, surely. Boundary four. And a, a victory to kick here by two runs. Nicely played from Cole. He uses his feet. That's up. That's up. That is beautiful. A handsome finish, though, by RCB. 169. Oh! And there's a wicket there, two down now. It's RCB's biggest win over CSK. Goes big. Pundey down the ground and all the way. Bowling straight through. Warner swinging a miss. Archer cleans him up at 146 kilometres per hour. Mustard 158. So 159 is the chase. Oh, is it an appeal? He's been given. Khalil Ahmed on fire today. Oh, six. Help yourself. 
one and he's connected that beautifully. Was waiting for that slot sweep for Shikhar Dhawan. And the Delhi Capitals finish on 162 for four. And that brings up a very, very well played 50 from Quinton de Kock. Just 33 balls. Uh, wrist work, sex work, lather to pieces. 50? Oh, just like that. A 30 delivery. Six fours, one maximum. Chirakumayano, I love you. The Mumbai Indians win once again. Open space on the onside. Krunal Pandya. Knocks it across for four. The Mumbai Indians chase this total down. They go. Yeah, just your standard week in the IPL, really. Incredible bowling, sensational batting and more amazing fielding. So it is, well, pretty much everyone's played seven. It's only the KKR and the RCB who haven't, and they will play today. So it'll then be everyone played seven. The table as it stands, the Mumbai Indians are top of the shop with five wins and two defeats from seven. It's the Delhi Capitals' second place with exactly the same standing, uh, but the uh, Mumbai Indians' net run rate is better. Then it's KKR and RCB, both with eight points. Now, obviously, one of those you would imagine is going to win the game, as we're probably not going to end up with a tie. Therefore, they would join on 10 as well. The Sunrisers are fifth, alongside the Rajasthan Royals, who are sixth. They've both got six points. And then it's, we'll speak quietly, really, uh, the Chennai Super Kings. Um, their time as a powerhouse in the IPL looks like it's coming to an end at the moment. Two wins and five defeats from their seven has four points for them. And then the poor old Kings eleven of Punjab, who probably now know that they might as well pack up and go home. Because if Glenn Maxwell can hit a ball like that and it ends up, what was it, about four millimetres short of the uh, a rope and being a six and for a super over, they know it's not going to be their year. They've got two points from one win from seven games. Steve Harmson, it has been another belter of a week, hasn't it? It has, Maka. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's been a great week. It started the week. It was a, a fantastic win. Sitting here this time last week, I've I've said Delhi all, you know, all the shows that we've had so far. I like the the youthfulness, the the enthusiasm, and you know the the bowling attack is fantastic. And they didn't disappoint. First game against uh, RCB of last week, winning by 59 runs. And like you say, it just got better and better. We talked about Butler and Bairstow being not far away from a score and they're duly obliged during the week as well. Bairstow 97, Butler 70. I thought both of them batted beautifully, but then the field against each other other yesterday and then it was the old the old timers, the experienced players, the you know, winners of the IPL, Mumbai going top of the tree against the young young side who I fancy Delhi yesterday, another cracking game as well. Um, and positive signs for England because Ben Stokes is back. It's brilliant to see him yeah. back playing. It's fantastic to see him in the pink shirt again. And you know, even though he only got five of of six balls and bowling over, um, I'm sure Ben is is looking forward to to hitting the ground running and having a very very good back off the second part of the IPL because his team needs him. Yeah, I mean, we all know that Superman wears Ben Stokes underpants, but he I thought they, de they dealt with it really, really well yesterday. Just one over, get him into it. And in letting him open, they were effectively saying, look, go out, if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, we've still got all of these guys to come in behind you. I thought that was really, really sensible and actually showed quite a lot of feeling towards Ben as well. Yeah, I think it's the right thing, game plan as well, from a Rajasthan point of view. I remember last year talking to Ben about you know, his time when, he, when, when they played in Pune 
Um, and he batted low down the order on a big ground, having to go in with maybe 10, 12, 15 balls to go, batting at five or six. Um, and he, he really found it, he, 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 had, he, he struggled because, you know, Ben is somebody who likes to, to sort of get in and absorb two or three balls before he does start having a go. And I think opening the batting does suit Ben Stokes. I think it suits Rajasthan because... Stokes and Butler at the top of the order um, is, a, is a powerful package, especially when you've got one of the best batsmen in the world coming in at number three in Steve Smith. And I think Rajasthan have been, have been preparing for this probably for the last two or three games because Smith went from opening to number three. And I think once Ben decided that he was coming back into the IPL and I think I think his dad had a lot to do with it more or less saying to Ben you know I want to watch you play in the IPL which potentially could be for for, for the last time um, I think there was that was pulling on his heartstrings and and Ben decided that he was going to go and play and I think it's it's brilliant for to have him there and to see him opening the bat and I think it's the right position for him and for Rajasthan. Uh, well, you mentioned Steve Smith there. He's been speaking about Ben Stokes' inclusion in the side, which can only give it, be good for them. Stokes, he obviously didn't come off tonight, unfortunately. And again, our, our top three, top four didn't really fire. So it's nice to win a game where that doesn't happen. Um, that shows our depth. So once we start scoring some runs, it'll make things a lot easier for us. Would you feel that this is the ideal level going in because there have been quite a few changes which you have made to the side? Um, I think, obviously, with Stokesy back, it brings a nice balance to us. Um, obviously, he only bowled one over tonight, but um, as he just got out of lockdown yesterday, um, so he's just sort of working back into things. So um, it helps our balance out, that's for sure. Um, and then we can chop and change it, you know, a few bowlers and stuff here and there, maybe. But um, it's tough to change a winning team, isn't it, at, at times. So, um, but, yeah, great result. So Steve Smith there on Ben Stokes being back. We mentioned that the Mumbai Indians beat the Delhi Capitals and that's why they are first, the Capitals are second. And you've been saying for a couple of weeks actually, Harmy, that you do like the look of Delhi. Mm. I just wonder though if I've picked up the first thing that might be a problem for them. Rishabh Pant, it yeah. looks like he's going to be missing a week or so due to his hamstring problem. And to me, that's a problem for two reasons. The first is obvious that he's missing matches. But the second is the implications on the team. And what I mean by that is the backup keeper is an international player in Alex Carey. Now, as a result, to get him into the side, they had to leave another international player out. And it strikes me, it doesn't matter whether you have a domestic keeper or an international one as your first choice, but the backup should be the same. Either way, so if you can have an... If, let's say you have Alex Carey as your number one, find another international keeper as, as your backup because that way you don't have to mess around, you know. To, I, I really hate having teams that make two or three changes when they actually only need to make one. Do you know what I mean? You, you might now be forced to leave out a player, an international player, who's gone really, really well but just because you've got to get Alex Carey into the side. And I wonder if that could be a problem. Because realistically, you're not going to get a wicketkeeper play every game over the course of seven weeks or whatever. You know, their hands are going to get bruised. They need to sit out one or two. And therefore, I just wonder if in when they did the draft, when they did the planning all those weeks and months ago, I wonder if they maybe missed a trick there. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I've you know, I made the, the, the note, Richard Pant's name in capital letters. He's the... He's the a big player, not only as a, the keeper batsman, because obviously he scores at a, a good rate as well, but the implications on Shaman Hetmeyer. Uh, Hetmeyer has had not a 
not a he hasn't had a bad um, IPL. He's had a decent IPL. He's had a fantastic time in the field. Some of his catching out in the deep, and he's you know he's if for a big lad, somebody who looks as though he's carrying a little bit of weight. He, he moves very, very well, and he's a very, very good boundary ride fielder. And I agree, you, you have to, the balance is side. And, you know, Jinka Rahani came in yesterday and batted number three um, and batted 15, 15 balls for 15. And it, it, it was a little bit a little bit slow, somebody just coming in back into the IPL. I actually thought Rahani was going to keep wicket when we heard that Pant wasn't um, going to play and Rahani was coming in. I actually thought it was just going to be Rahani who might, might take the gloves and, and sort of try and soldier through and keep Hetemeyer in the, t- in the side. But it, it's not great when you're having to change sort of three, pl- uh, three, three players of your, your team and just to, to basically cover the, the base that um, your witty keeper's gone down. So it's a huge loss for, for, for Delhi. Um, and a little bit of a momentum swing as well because what Pant gives you as a batsman, he he, he keeps going. So you've got Shaw at the top, you've got Darwin, Shikha Darwin, you've got, you know, we've already seen Shurisaya get, what did he get, 90, 96 or 97 or 40 odd balls. So the players that they've got, they just keep going and going and going. And Hetemeyer does that coming in at five with Pant already in the side. And Rahani, he's not that sort of player, so the game Pant changes a little bit. And like you say, it's probably the first time that the yeah, little doubts came into your mind that the cohesion in the, in the Delhi side isn't isn't quite there because their bowling attack is unbelievable. I think yeah, yeah, Unric Nokia and Kigisa Rabara, two fantastic bowlers. And something that we'll probably come on to in a bit with KKR, if they do lose Andre Russell because his knees are going, the potential of having Pat Cummins and, and possibly Lockie Ferguson with um, Mavi as well could be something that KKR might look to do later on because we've seen so far in the tournament that the quick bowlers are, are, are definitely, definitely in the game and they're the ones that seem to be making, um, they're doing all the damage. Well, it might be that the KKR are forced to look a little bit more seam up rather than spin because Sunil Narine uh, has had his bowling action reported again. Yeah. This time it was at the end of the KKR win over the Kings eleven. He actually bowled the 18th and the 20th overs in that uh, match. Took two for 28 overall. It was the on-field umps who reported him. Now, he is allowed to bowl at the moment. He's officially on the IPL's warning list. He is allowed to bowl unless he gets reported again. Again, so um, Sonal Narayan has had his uh, problems with officialdom and his uh, bowling action. So that is definitely one we will keep our eyes on going forward. But um, I think it might be one for the KKR management to uh, to get their thinking caps on and say, well, if the worst comes to the worst. How do we get round this the best we can? It's the IPL show here on uh, TalkSport 2. We're uh, here for another 45 minutes. Over the course of this uh, show, you're going to be hearing from Kevin Peterson. He's been in conversation with uh, with his old mucker and TalkSport presenter, Darren Goff. Sorry, my apologies. Darren Goff MBE, as he is now. How on earth did he get that? Anyway, the two of them have been having a chat. We'll be uh, bringing that to you later on. And we'll also look at the uh, English players in action in the IPL. There's been some fantastic performances uh, this week. Coming next so we're going to be looking at the young Indian talents because there have been some standout performances so far. Chetan Narulla, the Indian cricket writer, will join us on the IPL show here on TalkSport 2 to talk about them. Oh, that's a beauty. He's been into the deck, into the deck. That one he tosses up, but Paragal is good. This kid's very good. And they're going to get it with a maximum. Yes! 
Pakistan Royals. We've been talking about the white but Riyan Parag has been an absolute superstar too. Straight back onto his stumps, looking for the pull shot. And Khalil Ahmed is struck early. Oh, is that an appeal? He's been given. Khalil Ahmed on fire today. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. And for the next few minutes, we're going to look at some of the young Indian talent that's coming through that you might not have heard that much about before at the start of this year's IPL. But as you just heard there, there's plenty of it being sprinkled around. Delighted to say that the Indian cricket writer, Cheetan Narilla, is joining us once again here on TalkSport 2. Cheetan, thanks very much for your time. Just as a general point before we get specific on the names, um, do you think maybe we're just reaching that, that time that maybe some of the older players are now creeping a little bit past their best and now we're seeing some of these youngsters coming through and these are the guys and the names that we're going to be talking about for a good few years to come. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. Yes, I think you've uh, you've, you've touched it absolutely rightly because uh, the IPL has always been a process where it cannot just be the overseas players, it cannot just be the Indian seniors. You have to have the Indian junior players in there as well. So, in that particular sense, uh, the junior cricketers have always earned or, you know, learned from those experiences, uh, you know, mingling with these senior cricketers, whether it's Indian senior cricketers or overseas. And it, like I said, you know, the process is probably maturing now that, you know, the, some of the players we have seen in the last three, four years, uh, maybe it's uh, their time to shine at the top. So let's talk some names then. I, I guess the the one that's probably stood out more than most has been Devdutt Padikal, I suppose, for the RCB so far, who's who's been in great form with the bat. In his first innings, he actually poked and prodded around for a few balls and then just decided, nah, this isn't the way to go, then just started lashing it to all parts. And he's also taken a, a couple of really good catches as well. Oh, yes, uh, Devdutt Padikal. I mean, even before the tournament started, everybody had an eye out for him. He's somebody who's who's not come through your regular domestic cricket or, uh, you know, India a, India under-19 uh, route. The, he's come through the Karnataka Premier League. The state had a T20 competition. He was noticed there. You know, the junior cricketers, junior selectors saw him, uh, got him into the Karnataka side. So he's come from there. A lot of people had an eye out for him. And he solved a problem for Royal Challengers Bangalore, hasn't he? Because RCB have uh, always found trouble in balancing their batting with Virat Kohli, their AB De Villiers. His runs have allowed Kohli and De Villiers to bat the way they do and at the spots that they do. And RCB are looking really good this season. They always had a trouble with their top order balance. This time, much better. And he has had a major, major role to play in that. Well, he's also filled that gap without them having to spend huge amounts of money, which is, which as we know, in so many sports around the world, if, if, the, if the solution is right under your nose, don't ignore it. Absolutely. I think that is one of the key aspects of IPL auctions or IPL selections as well. And it's not just the RCB. You look at other sides as well. Somebody like Rajasthan Royals, they, they depend a lot on Indian youngsters, Kings Eleven, Punjab, for that matter, and Kolkata Knight Riders. I have been really impressed with their strategy over the last two, three years. They have a core group of Indian young Indian cricketers. Somebody like Delhi Capitals also does that, also has that core, but KKR is actually building for the next four or five years. So it's, it's a brilliant strategy, to be honest, because like you mentioned at the top of the show, it, these, this is the crop, this is the next Indian crop. 
Uh, Chida, you, you mentioned the Delhi Capitals. There, I've I've liked them from from the very start. I think the the energy these young lads have given and the momentum that they've got. It's a big. It's been a big week for them losing, you know, Richard Pan. But hopefully he comes back to balance their side. But I talk about a guy who played yesterday, Kelly Ahmed, who bowled for the Sunrisers left arm. He threw himself out in the field. He's he's somebody who. Um, from a from a, a young Indian bowler's point of view, um, he must be talked about for the future in, in international front. In fact, he has uh, played. Steve, he has played mm. a few internationals. He was part of the India's tour of Australia. He was, in fact, in the running for the Under-19 World Cup because India's third paces slot was still open. Was a bit raw on those overseas tours, and that slot ultimately went to Mohammad Shami. But he has that ability to. Uh, move the wide ball, you know, especially with the left arm angle. Another player with Sunrisers Hyderabad, who is perhaps also being kept an eye on, is his bowling partner T Natarajan. Mm. He is somebody who's uh, like Parikal has come from the junior T20 leagues. Uh, he's come from the Tamil Nadu Premier League, and uh, you know he has uh, that ability to bowl yorkers again from a left arm angle. Some people compare him with Mustafizur Rahman. So these two, you know. Bhubaneswar Kumar is not there at the moment, but these two are handling those pace responsibilities very well for Sunrise Hyderabad. And Chitin, the, the, the young players the, with the tournament being held away from India, is there a worry that they potentially could fizzle out towards the latter part of the tournament and not hit the sort of heights that they're hitting now? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think it's actually a very good opportunity because uh, there's a lot of conversation right now that India's domestic season might not take off at all. India might not have any domestic cricket this year. So for them, I think this is a good opportunity. It's a it's a condensed tournament in in that sense. Uh, if they can keep going, you know, for these two months and, and then another two months break, and then the next IPL is upon us already. So. Um, I think that would constitute the domestic cricket season for many of these players. So they are young. I think they are ferocious. They they want those opportunities. They have that desire to grab those opportunities. I don't think anybody will be getting tired anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, Rian Parag um, for yeah. Rajasthan, forty-two not out for from twenty-six balls the other day, but eighteen years of age. We know that Indian cricket down the years has has been prepared to give guys a, a go. It doesn't matter uh, about their age. It, it matters about their ability. Is he going to be another one of these who, who we see for, for a while to come, do you reckon? Uh, he should be. He should be because, uh, obviously, we have two very, very uh, condensed IPL seasons together. So, obviously, we'll be seeing a lot more him from the IPL perspective. And, you know, the kind of role that Rajasthan Royals has given him, it, it actually suits India a lot. Batting in the middle order, applying that finishing touch, in those pressure, pressure situations, at an age of 19 and 20, if he molds himself into a sort of a finish, yeah. India is actually looking at number five and number six batsmen, all-rounders batsmen, somebody to finish the innings, especially in T20 cricket, in ODI cricket. We have three world tournaments in the next three years, 21, 22, 23, and that Indian middle order needs a bit of restructuring. Age is not a barrier. It's how you handle the pressure. It's how you handle the responsibility of finishing the game. And, you know, I think he's somebody who revels in the spotlight. A lot of these uh, players are there. You have Rian Parag, Ishan Kishan is another name, Shubman Gill. I mean, all of these guys, 
they have shown that they can handle the pressure on this stage. And and the IPL is not, it, it's not just uh, your regular domestic cricket, is it? I mean, you have so many superstars there. So, yes, he is going to be a name there, but I would be very, very, you know, uh, interested in seeing his graph, upward curve, the upward trajectory. Because like I said, that middle order, the Indian middle order needs a lot of restructuring. And there are quite a few names right now uh, who are in contention. Cheaton, you've mentioned the national team. Uh, it would be remiss of me yeah. uh, not to ask you, is there any news coming from the Indian end of things at the moment with regard to, to England's tour to India? Of course, it was supposed to be partly <laughs> before Christmas and then after Christmas. Yeah. I think we're all pretty much of a, a decision. It, it, everything's going to be in the new year now. But we, we still don't know where. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think most people in the UK have probably sort of come to the conclusion, well, if they're playing the IPL in the UAE, then there must be a more yeah. decent chance that the in England-India series will also be in the UAE. Is there any word coming out of the Indian end regarding that series? Uh, Andrew, first of all, let me just say that they are currently busy with the IPL and, of course, they have the India tour of Australia before that. So uh, the powers that be, they are busy with that bit of scheduling at the moment. But um, I can tell you this, that the BCCI signed a hosting memorandum with the UAE government and the UAE cricket board, which allows them to host cricket tournaments for the next year in the UAE, which means potentially that India's tour of England is possibly going to happen in the UAE, the next year's IPL in the UAE, and also the next T20 World Cup, which is India's uh, India's turn to host. That could also happen in the UAE. So that memorandum is actually the important bit of information. I think... Uh, we need to wait for the final word on India's tour of Australia. Once that is finalised, I think uh, we'll have a better situation or we'll be better placed in terms of uh, what, the, what the English cricket schedule might be for the winter. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. 
Chetan, thank you so much for joining us, as always, and thanks for all the information. Chetan Narella, the Indian cricket writer, joining us here on the IPL show on TalkSport 2. Well, of course, uh, TalkSport, we do have the rights for that uh, India-England series. We know no more than you do at the moment. When we can tell you something, we will, of course, uh, do so. But... We don't even know uh, where, when, or even how many games at the moment. So, as I say, we'll keep you up to date as soon as we can confirm anything. It is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. We've got another half an hour. We'll be turning our attention to the performances of the English players in the IPL next. And there's been some absolute belters over the last seven days. This is TalkSport 2. for 16. Rajasthan Royals, 26 for 3. Gone. Underage. Straight back onto his stumps. Looking for the pull shot. Sunrises. Get rid of the big wicket of Ben Stokes. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. We're with you for another half an hour. I'm Andrew McKenna. Steve Harmison is with me as always. And for the next few minutes, we're going to turn our attention to the English players in the tournament. As you just heard there, Ben Stokes in action for the Rajasthan Royals as they beat the Sunrisers of Hyderabad. We mentioned earlier on, one over for seven and open the batting with Joss Butler making five from six deliveries with one boundary. So let's look at some of the others. Well, actually, this time last week, we were talking about how to get the best out of the Sunrisers Hyderabad lineup, and I floated the idea that one option might be to split up Bearstow and Warner, which would allow them to get Kane Williamson up to the top of the order and maybe just the extra balls to help him find some form. Well, clearly Johnny Bearstow had other ideas because <laughs> Johnny Bearstow made 97 from 55 balls, seven fours and six sixes against the Kings eleven, and that innings actually got him the performance of the week in the whole of the IPL. So uh, Steve Harmer. And I don't know if Johnny's downloading the podcast out in the Middle East at the moment. We know he likes uh, to make people eat their words, and he certainly shoved mine back down my throat. Yeah, he absolutely. He, he does like uh, to prove people wrong whenever uh, there's a question mark on Johnny. And what an innings. 55 balls, 7 fours, 6 sixes for 97, Johnny. And we said last week, I said, watching him the previous week, he looked as though he's in decent shape. He looked as though he's timing the ball very, very well. Not many moving parts. You know, his head was still when he was at the point of, of trying to hit it. He just kept finding ways to get out and it was a, it was a magnificent innings along with with um, Joss Butler I think it was the very next day I think Joss went and got 70 or 40 balls again somebody I thought was, wasn't was far away from a big score um, in, in two performances from you know from the from the English players that really stood out and and, and to note, Joffre Archer's been magnificent, absolutely magnificent from an English player's point of view. Um, I think the heat helps him. I don't think the cold in England does him any favours whatsoever. Born and bred and brought up in Barbados, he likes the uh, likes the sun on his back, does Joffre. Um, and it's been amazing to see that his first ball has been around 145 nearly every single game he's played so far in this IPL. For me, along with Kagisa Rabada he's and Enric Nokia, who hasn't gotten the wickets he probably would like, I think they're the three fast bowlers who have really stood out in this tournament. Archer has been scary good. I mm. mean, you, you mentioned just the fact that he's first ball, but he's up there so much of the time. I mean, he's bowled the well, virtually all of the fastest balls in this tournament. 
He has, and he's he's bowled beautifully. And I think obviously the the, the heat, the, the warm weather helps. Um, and I think the pressure off him does help as well. Being in the side with the likes of Steve Smith and you know Josh Butler or Ben Stokes to to sort of to come back into that that side as well. You know, there's some you know big name big name players in that side, and. Um, I think taking the pressure off Joffre does help in that way. So it could be a little bit of a memo to the not only to the England um, England selectors and, and management staff, but also to the media and supporters as well. And not put too much pressure on this kid, and he will perform. Um, and he's done that. He bowled beautifully. One for 34 uh, in his four overs against Mumbai. Three for 24 in his four overs against Delhi. And yesterday, he only got one wicket, but I thought he bowled. I thought he bowled beautifully yesterday against the Sunrisers on a wicket, which was wasn't didn't have a great deal of piercing. We've seen how Ben Stokes got out. You know, trying to force uh, Kelly Ahmed. You know, ran down the wicket, hit him for four straight back past him, and you think, oh well, Stokes he's been practicing in New Zealand, and then he's gone and tried to hit one just a bit too hard lost his shape a little bit in an under edge on a pitch which was probably slower than he's probably been used to um, and and, and he, he chopped onto the onto his stumps but Archer from a from a no matter how quick the wicket is Joffre through the air has been express I want to talk Chris Jordan now um, because he's found it tough going and let's be brutally honest the Kings 11 Punjab yeah. have, have found it tough going but one of the problems I reckon they've had is Pick your best 11 guy and stick to it. I've just been counting up while we've been chatting here. They've used 18 players already. Now, Chris Jordan's only played uh, three matches. Um, I, I just wonder... Uh, I wonder now if they're almost outthinking themselves. They've obviously come in with a plan, and maybe that's not worked for whatever reason, and they're, they're sort of trying to adapt it and move on. And now they seem to be trying to get... They're almost now searching. They're trying everything, and they're they're throwing darts at every particular part of the board in the hope that they find a double with one of them. I, I just think that they need to to sit down and say, right, what is our best eleven, and we're going to put it out there. Now I know Chris Gale was was down to play one of the games. Uh, I think it was back into last week or over the weekend, but then he was actually ill, so that's why he's still not, not been involved yet. But. I really think Kings Eleven could actually, uh, yeah, just benefit. What's our best eleven, and we're going to put it out there for the next three games, irrespective of what happens. And I can't believe that Chris Jordan isn't in their best eleven. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I look at this Kings Eleven side, and the stats. When they say stats is mis- yeah, can be misleading sometimes. They certainly are in in the Kings Eleven's uh, Kings Eleven's case when you. Yeah, like you said before, the chop and change. And when you are getting beat, you do look for things that are maybe outside the box. You do look for things that potentially could could change and, and give you that little bit of luck. You look at Rajasthan yesterday, lost four games in a row. They, were, they, they never looked like winning yesterday. Then all of a sudden, they got over the line by hook or by crook. A little bit of luck when the bills didn't come off for the for the, for the the stumping with, with Johnny Bairstow and... All of a sudden, they've got a win on the board, and and hopefully the momentum shifts and goes that way. And I think the Kings Eleven, well, they definitely need to to change something to to get the momentum shift. But where it goes, Glenn Maxwell's had a score, but flat to deceive for me. You know, Chris Gill. When you look at that, you look at this top order that the Kings Eleven have got. You know, Kiel Raul and uh, Agawal. 
they're the top two run scorers in the tournament. You've got Mohamed Shami, who is, I think he's fifth on the on the leading wicket-taking list. So they've got guys who are in, in decent form and who have played you know, relatively well. They just seem to can't get it together as a team. And when they're trying to pick their, their best 11, they, they pick Chris Jordan one week, they pick Sheldon Cottrell the next week, Mojib's had a game, Jimmy Nisham's not really featured. Um, and you think... What is it? What they're trying to do? Because you look at the top order, the score runs, but do the score runs quick enough? So you've got the universe boss. I know Chris Gale was going to play, but he was poorly. Maybe that was the the change they needed to sort of give them that little bit of momentum shift. But they're going to have to start winning soon because if not, they're going to be they're going to be cast adrift in the last sort of five games. Could be dead rubbers, and you know, other sides could benefit from that. Yeah, you know what happens in that situation, don't you? As soon as it's gone, some of the big names get on the plane and head back because they'll have other commitments, and then all of a sudden we'll get a bunch of youngsters thrown in at the deep end, and then it, it it's one of those. It either works brilliantly yeah. or it turns into an absolute shambles and mm. looks even worse than it did before. Absolutely, and yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to do it quickly because you, know, you, you look on paper, the, the stats are... They've, they've got some individual stats who aren't bad, like Mohamed Shami's taking, you know, Bishnu's taking a, a few wickets as well, uh, and who looks who looks as though he's been at a, a half decent IPL. But when the you know, the grand scheme of things, when you throw it all together, Nicholas Puran's second highest in the in the strike rate um, stats behind Kieran Pollard, and you just think, oh, how are these uh, how are these um, this team bottom of the table? But they are, and if they don't win soon, like you said before, they might stumble across something that might help them in years to come with their young Indian players. But um, you know, their their overseas stars aren't really performing at this moment in time. Well, not not to worry, Kings Eleven. Your next game's only the RCB, um, <laughs> so don't worry too much about it. Uh, that game in Sharjah on Thursday. Um, just quick thoughts on on Sam Curran. Um, I'm going to be honest. A couple of years ago, getting picked by the Chennai Super Kings might have been an absolutely stunning thing for you. At the moment, this CSK side just looked to me that they've gone over the top of the the, the brow of the hill. And they're just starting to head down the other side. I think there's a few too many. Um, let's be polite and call them senior pros. They've earned the right to be called. Yeah, there's a few too many in that category for me in that group now. Yeah, there is, and we've seen when they come off, they have their dear. Um, as Shane Watson and um, Faf Duplessis did did the other day, um, but. Uh, again, you look at it, and I think we were the playing. They were playing. Well, say that they were playing Kings Eleven, who are who are ranked bottom bottom of the list. I, I, I struggle to weigh up what what happens with uh, what's happening with the Chennai Super Kings on what their best combination of overseas is. When you look at down the list, they've got some fantastic players who aren't getting a game. Mitchell Santa, who. You know, let's be fair, he's you know, a, a decent a decent spin bowler. Nagiri, I'm not sure how fit Nagiri is. I think there might be a question mark on his fitness. But you know, if he, we see we seen him on Talksport two over the over the winter for South Africa, you know, he's um, he's he is he's some bowler. Josh Hazelwood, Imran Tahir, they're not they're not getting a game. And when you look at it, are they better than the four that are in there? I'm pleased for our Sam Curran because he's getting good experience. He's getting some you know, good good exposure in this in this massive tournament, playing with some top top players. Um, is Sam 
starting to sort of burn out a little bit because there's been a lot on his plate. Um, he bowled, he bowled. I thought he bowled very, very well against KKR. Um, a little bit of a memo to the England white ball captain because he knocked um, he knocked Owen Morgan over just as he probably went off and said, "How am I not playing in your team?" Sort of thing, captain. Um, just knocked him over. Uh, two for 26 off his four, but he had a struggle against the RCB, um, being out first ball and then one for 48 off his four. So. A mixed bag of a week for Sam, but for me as an Englishman, who I think the world of Sam Curran, it's only a gr- it's only going to be a great experience. So the more games he plays, the better it is from a selfish point of view for me and for Sam, um, and it can only make make Sam Curran better. So even though Chennai aren't performing that well, um, I think Sam Curran's going to come back a very a, a far better player than than he went went away with, and that can only benefit English cricket. It is Talk Sport 2, and coming next, another great conversation. Uh, two real heavyweights of English cricket get together. They've been having a chat. Kevin Peterson in conversation with Darren Goff. We'll bring it to you next on Talk Sport 2. And then he smacks that one down the ground. Jagadeesan just has to watch this one fly over his head. Means so much to him. Means so much to millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people all around the world. When this guy bats... Everybody watches. Look at that. It is TalkSport 2. It's the IPL show. Final section of today's action. And it's time to bring you a conversation that happened last week. Kevin Peterson, of course, former England batsman and member of the TalkSport 2 commentary team in South Africa last winter. He's out in the Middle East covering the games for TV. He had a chat with his old mate Darren Goff, MBE. Of course, MBE in Goffey's case stands for manager of the Barnsley Empire. And I say, they had a chat last week about all matters. IPL. How's it been out there with the IPL, mate? I mean, it must have been hard for you sitting in a hotel room working. I know you've been working every day on the games now, but you had to do a week's quarantine. It must have mm. been quite strange for you. Uh, as I said, the world's changed now and the IPL is a great global tournament, uh, but it must have been weird for you over there. Yeah, I, I'm actually really struggling, if I'm honest. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough not having that freedom to be able to um to move to be able to go and do things but uh we are here and we are working on a tournament that has given so many people so much pleasure uh the players are putting on the most beautiful show and the public and the viewer numbers are just crazy good so um it's just a case of getting on with it dealing with it uh and uh, engaging in what is the most fantastic, fantastic tournament. And I talk about not um, uh, not, not enjoying it, but not uh, um, getting by because just on a personal level, I'm a free-spirited kind of bush boy who mm. I like to be out and about and I like to be all over the place and I like to have my freedom of movement. I need that fresh air. Uh, so... It's different, it's difficult, but uh, we're getting the job done and it's uh, it's such a brilliant tournament so far. Those um, last ball thrillers, the super overs, some performances have been spectacular uh, and uh, the, the tournament is wide open. I mean, we're two and a half weeks into the tournament and no one's running away with it. Well, I think it's your team, is it? The Delhi, is it Delhi Capitals you we used to play for? Yeah. I mean, they're looking pretty good at the minute. 
Very, very good. Ricky Ponting's team, Shreyas Iyer, they've got an Indian batting lineup. They've got Marcus Stoinis that comes in, and then their fast bowlers, Anrich Nokia and Kahisa Rabada, together with a couple of their spinners, are doing the most perfect job for Delhi Capitals. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a case of playing good now, making sure that you get uh, some positive numbers under your belt so that you make the playoffs. But then when it comes to playoff time, that's when you really need to be peaking. Mm. I mean, you've seen Johnny Best out there, Sunrisers Hyderabad. I spoke to him last night, actually, Kev, and uh, um, he's really enjoying uh, playing the tournament. He's finding it hard as well, just sitting in his hotel room. Um, were you surprised he lost his central contract? Yeah, well, he hasn't really played. I mean, they like Josh Butler, don't they? And mm. I, I don't know how many central contracts there are now. I think there was only 11 or 12 in the Test Arena, and I mean, you can't go and contract everyone. And he certainly plays beautifully white ball cricket. He's got his white ball contract. And uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of people a lot worse off than a lot of sportsmen around the world. So he may have lost his contract. He's got a white ball contract. And, uh, uh, yeah, he just needs to get on with it and appreciate what he's got. Uh, Everybody just needs to appreciate what they've got, uh, especially in in the situation that we're all in at the moment. Spot on, mate. Last question, Kev, I promise you. Just on one thing that's happening out in the IPL, and I'm sure you've been talking about it a lot over there, is uh, Ashwin, again, with a man card to Aaron Finch. What's your thoughts on it? Because I find it absolutely barmpot. I never thought I'd see him attempt to do it again, but he gave him the warning this time. But what's your thoughts on it? Uh, You know what, Goffey? I was... um, My little man, Dylan, was playing a game in the summer. And uh, it happened in, it almost happened in one of his games. He was playing in, a, in an age group above where he is. And it almost happened. And I said to one of the coaches, I was like, are you serious? Have I just seen that? Did that actually just happen? You've got 10, 11, 12-year-old little kids thinking about man-catting somebody. And apparently it's in the manuals now that it's being, being taught. And it's also in the umpiring manuals that it's going to be allowed now, because of the way we played and when we played, it was just frowned upon and it wasn't the thing to do. But when you have a look at what Aaron Finch said last night, or no, sorry, did last night, you see how far down the wicket he was and he's feeling an extra almost two metres before Ashwin's even bowled the delivery. I think Ashwin, and I've come around to the fact that what he did last night was perfect. Finch, get back in your crease. Don't steal an extra run. These games are coming down to fine margins, like really fine margins. There's a lot of money in the game of cricket. There's people who lose contracts, like we've just talked about. There's people who get contracts. And there are the fine margins in sport now that you need to just behave yourself. And especially in T20 cricket, which is so batting dominant, you need to wind your neck in and play by the rules. And I thought what Ashton did last night, 12 months ago, I would have said to him, come on, mate, no, 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 no. But having thought about it over the last uh, 12 months since he ran Josh Butler out and seeing how he carried on last night, saying, Finch, get back in there. The next time you do that, I'm going to knock you over, was absolutely perfect. So I'm actually all for the fact that warn the guard, make it very aware that we all know in the commentary box and everybody knows that you've warned him. And if he does it again, then you've got to go, I'm afraid. Kevin Peterson and Darren Goff in conversation a, a few days ago. Steve Harmison, um, I'm, I'm quite interested with, 
with actually Goffey's um, feelings on this one because as a fast bowler, if you're two millimetres over the front foot line, it's called a no ball and you have to go back and do again. Um, as, as Kevin Peterson was saying there, Aaron Finch was, was a third of the way down the pitch <laughs> when he's supposed to be back in, in the crease. Um, what's your take on all of this? Yeah, I'm surprisingly agreeing, finding myself nodding when Kevin's talking now. It's not, not wasn't normally the case. I was in the dressing room with him. When I was in the dressing room with him, I was I normally shaking my head and thinking, what's he saying now? But to be fair to Kev, in the la- talking about the last 12 months of him thinking about saying, yes, he did it perfectly. I've listened to Kevin Peterson over the last 12 months talk about the game of cricket. And I think he speaks brilliantly. I think he talks a lot of common sense. He moved with the times, he's moved with the game. And I think he's right when he talks about Asher and giving Finch a warning, a little bit of a warning, because 12 months ago, I would have been, nah, this is not, it's not, that wasn't the right thing just to, to run Josh Butler out. I'm not saying it because it was Josh Butler. And then it, it's an English, the English, the English siding with the Englishman but when you look at it and you talk about the money that is in the game for somebody to try and tech to steal sort of a, a, a quarter of the pitch that, that he had when Ashwin was, was bowling was was not on and you just give him a little bit of a warning tell him to get back and then the next time I've got no problem you're doing it but just doing it without a warning I don't think that's quite right so I think common sense this year, this time from Ashwin prevailed. He gave a, a Finch a warning, and he was basically warning everybody in the IPL that I'm going to stand for it. If you're going to be out of your crease, you know there's, there is a lot riding on these games. If you're going to try and like, steal a march and cheat on me, uh, I'm, I'm going to knock the stumps over, and I'm not even going to contemplate bringing you back. So I think he did the right thing. It was a fascinating conversation between two. You know, two brilliant minds there, Goffin, Goffin Peterson, um, and as well, uh, the the news about Darren Goff's MBE was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm oh, oh, honestly, I'm over the moon for for Goffy. You know, with the larger than life character, talk sports very own, but he was my hero growing up, and you get told. You know, uh, you know, you don't want to meet your heroes. You don't meet your heroes because they can let you down. Well. Fortunately, I played alongside mine, shared a dressing room with him, shared the commentary box with him, um, put him to sleep a few times in the winter in South Africa when he couldn't handle the drinking with the big lads. Um, and my hero has not let me down. My hero has got an MBE and thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. And congratulations to Darren Goff. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the IPL Preview Show on TalkSport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.